welcome back to the podcast. Saul Marquez here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Chris Dimock and Carlos Arce. Both are at the outstanding company, Elation. Chris is the founder, and he's been interested in what drives improved human performance since his days in college. A curiosity about developmental psychology expanded into a love for organizational development and the design of technologies that improve organizational performance. He was inspired to start Elation after a career in the tech industry. His passion for helping people through the use of innovative technologies transitioned into a calling to help people flourish by applying what they know from uh, neurobiology and mindset research. Seeing the transformative benefits of his approach, it's only fueled his enthusiasm and helped attract an extraordinary team of people who share in the mission. Carlos Arce is the organizational development consultant and facilitator at Alation, and he's been highly successful as a keynote speaker, workshop presenter, and consultant. He works directly with many of the clients and organizations hired by Alation. He's a coach and a teacher whose purpose is to inspire people to be better. He continually helps leaders and companies achieve outstanding business results while improving organizational culture and employee engagement. These are, these are things that we all strive for in our businesses and in our, in our organizations. And today, we're going to dive into the work that they're doing at Elation to help with the problem of physician burnout and the, the feeling of lack of community, those things that are so important and primary needs. And in, in, uh, even you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, they're, they're, they're getting after it in a big way and have seen a lot of success. And, and, I'm, and I'm privileged to have both of them here with us today to, to talk about the work that they're doing. So Carlos and Chris, uh, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Saul, thanks for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. So, you know, before we dive into the work of Elation, uh, I'd love to, to get a feel for what inspires both of you to, to work within healthcare. Well, this is Chris. Um, I uh, have looked at the statistics in healthcare over the last several years and been absolutely a, sort of amazed at the level at which burnout has become an issue among physicians and other uh, medical personnel. You know, the studies have been fairly consistent that it's around the 50% level of uh, diagnosable symptoms of burnout, according to the uh, WHO's uh, diagnosis spectrum. And so, it is sort of a burning platform issue for healthcare in the United States. Uh, if you have physicians who are performing at less than their optimum uh, ability, obviously impacts the quality of care outcomes for, for an sure. awful lot of people. Yeah, and, and Saul, I think that's a great question. I, I had the privilege of actually spending 13 years of my career in healthcare as mm. a administrative support person. I had, I had a title that some people find a little bit mystical called chief learning officer for a portion of that time. Where you got it, I got a chance to really experience the industry on a daily basis. And to be honest with you, it was an extraordinary privilege to watch the kind of work that's happening daily by nurses and doctors. And in my time there, I really got a chance to explore the cultural dynamics of how the interactions between professionals, how the interactions between administration and clinicians, all that kind of contributes to the, the general sense of the support and the affect of uh, daily activity, right? So in my case, I wasn't necessarily brought in to address burnout, but I was really focused on how do you ultim um, optimize performance of both individuals and the group. So uh, I had a passion for healthcare from the very beginning when we started doing work with elation, seeing the results that we were 
accomplishing private sector with a lot of different kind of exploratory technologies and the combination of exploratory and proven methodologies, that's when we thought, hey, we have something I think that can contribute to this or to this industry that is, uh, as Chris put, you know, dealing with some, some pretty challenges and pretty daunting threats that happen on a regular basis. And how do we make sure we, we, uh, we give it to the folks who, who need it the most? Love it. Yeah. So, so fantastic. I mean, the problem is clear and, and, you know, we, we talk about the quadruple aim, that fourth one being, you know, clinician satisfaction, right. And, and, and wellness. And so you guys are tackling it head on. If, if, if our providers aren't healthy, then it's going to be even harder to provide better outcomes for, for, for patients overall. And, and so let's, let's dive into it, guys. What is it that Elation is doing to add value to, to the provider ecosystem? Yeah, I, I think I'll take that on, um, uh, Chris. I'll, and if you want to chime in, feel free to. Um, my, what we're, we're doing is we're looking at the problem in its most authentic form. We, we are addressing this as an organizational dynamic. We see that we know the pathway that clinicians have to take to become practitioners in, in this country. It is not easy. It is not for the faint of heart. So uh, we actually often reference the notion that we take some of the most resilient humans on the planet and created an epidemic of burnout. And so if you're honest about that statement, then you have to acknowledge the systemic implications of that. You know, what, what's happening when you put those people into this workplace that over time ends up eroding this amazing competency that they bring to the table. So that's an important element because of our approach and because of that focus, we see that there isn't, this isn't about fixing physicians. Uh, and this isn't about this direct cause and effect relationship that, oh, this one thing is causing this dynamic for everybody. Uh, there is a local element to this that you got to pay attention to. And then there's this combination of both the individual and the individual within this group and the system. So we've taken methodologies that are helpful for individuals like executive coaching that we know works and puts people in the, in the right spot. We've taken this approaches we've learned from organizational development when it comes to creating workplace cultural dynamics that are that are healthy and that are actually what we would call resilient in and of themselves. So this idea of organizational resilience, which involves group work and group interactions between the, the key players. And we have kind of combined those to ultimately influence not only the individual themselves in a way and get them in, informed about what helps them or what actually contributes or undermines their own resilience, but also investing in them as catalyst for change within that or healthcare organization itself. Um, we, we title our work Physician Informed Organizational Resilience. PIOR is our little acronym. But the idea is that, hey, look, if you're going to invest in having people understand what's going on, let, these are the people you need to invest in, the practitioners. And let's be honest about the fact we're trying to actually shift this organization itself. I think that's great. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. There is mentioning that whereas a lot of the symptoms of burnout look similar across uh, different organizations, one of the things that we've learned is that uh, it is really sort of the unique combination of the environmental sort of impact within a particular organization with a particular care provider physician. And so one of the reasons that programmatic solutions don't tend to work is that they sort of assume that there's a, a plain vanilla solution that will address burnout for a, a broad group of people. And what we've discovered is that you really do need to have sort of a handcrafted approach so that you can help tease out the underlying systemic issues that are contributing to burnout 
in a way that you can actually help the physicians focus on addressing and, and remedying those. Mm. Oh, that's fascinating. And I think it's a neat approach. I guess uh, neat is not the word. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a well-informed approach that, that ties in uh, things that work outside of healthcare executive coaching, performance solutions, and you tie them in with, with a physician-informed approach to the organization. Tell us what exactly, you know, makes you guys different than what's available there, out there and why, you know, the listeners should think about considering you guys. Yeah, I think what we've done is uh, attempted to acknowledge all of the things that are going on out there and making sure we build a methodology that is aligned to the science and the research of what creates resilience. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what we want to do is we want to make sure that our efforts don't end up running counter purpose to what a lot of places are already doing, whether they're investing in things like physician satisfaction or the idea of physician leadership or the investments that people are making around safety and quality. This approach is designed to be able to complement those efforts. So we've taken that expertise that we've acquired from creating organizational change and, and, and moving systems and saying, okay, how would you design this in a way so that the first, so that we don't overwhelm people with another approach, build this in a way that actually positions the people who are doing the work to be successful. There's really kind of three key areas for us that we're, that we're wanting to focus on. One, we we're going to use a diagnostic. We're going to assess our, our, the change and the shift with something that actually helps people understand the problem itself. So we actually have, we use a a tool called the four core diagnostic from a company called NeuroZone. That's really just researched what creates high-performing individuals. And one of the core competencies of their four core competencies that it assesses is resilience. So we're using that on the front end, on the back end, so that not only are we be able to measure the right thing, but we're also wanting the people who are completing this diagnostic to become more aware of the little things that can make a huge difference for them. The other elements of this, uh, of, of focusing on both this complementary individual and the group work that we talked about earlier, those have to have a ability to be able to inter, interact with one another. So when we're working with a group of clinicians and administrators, a cohort, they're, being, they're also receiving one-on-one executive coaching simultaneously. It's happening kind of in parallel, right? Because these changes are happening in all different ways that are unknown to us individually. I don't know what it's going to take for you to be in your best place. And you don't know what it's going to take for me to be in my best place. Sometimes that'll happen from being in my group and seeing the changes in the group and seeing the system itself shifting. Some of that might have to be with some patterns that I've developed that have been kind of mal maladaptive behaviors that over time, I just figure it's not that big of a deal. I'll just suck it up and bear through the tough stuff. And we know that in the long run, that can take its toll on people. So our approach is this kind of blended interaction so that we can pay attention to the systemic shifts that are happening. And that, again, is intended to occur so that it complements whatever else an organization has invested in, whatever else they're focusing on, like patient safety, like some of these key areas around you know, the, the, the patient experience. We want to make sure that people don't see this as a competing dynamic. This is a complementary intended to move the organization in the right direction. And I would also add that in this era of reduced contact, we do this work over Zoom. And so uh, it's actually been a very effective uh, delivery methodology, and the physicians often actually say that they prefer it over uh, doing uh, face-to-face work when we do the facilitated sessions. 
Uh, you might touch on that a little bit. Yeah, Carlos. thanks, Chris. Uh, so, Saul, we, we, you know, obviously we started this work interacting before pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. And we were using best practices and understanding how the brain works and how learning occurs and optimizes engagement so that when you have group work and individual work, you get the most out of that experience. So we were pretty acutely focused on that already. It was a skill set that we had honed and developed over uh, a, a number of years. And, and, I'll, and I would say I even got a chance to be a practitioner of that in my world as the chief learning officer in a healthcare system. We were using methodologies. Uh, sometimes people refer to them as liberating structures that are really about optimizing the time and energy of the people when they do gather. So when we were starting to consider the challenges of dealing with people who are distributed geographically or just might be distributed because of their office space, you know, they're in different buildings or their particular practice has a different, uh, has a different schedule. We were already having to come up with ways to make it easy for people to just kind of join a meeting and to be able to go in and out of their clinical practice. Uh, and then we got a chance to hone that work and get it tighter and tighter. And then unfortunately we bumped into pandemic. Unfortunately for us, we were able to really create a very engaging and dynamic applications of technology, so much so that when we create those experiences for the folks who we're working with, they tend to uh, pass our name on to people within their organization saying, hey, you, can you tell us what you're doing in those meetings? Because everybody else says you've got the most engaging applications of this technology, and how can we, how could we use this in other areas and other uh, uh, spaces? So yeah, we're, we're, we want to optimize the, the capacity to allow people to join individually with a coaching session using technology, but also in these group sessions in a way that are highly engaging, get a chance for people to meet one-on-one, -on -one, just like they would in a group. We're trying to emulate all those things that create community, that create those collegiality support networks where people start to realize that they're not in this alone, that what they were experiencing that felt like daunting was not, is not necessarily just their experience, but some of their colleagues are. And to do that, you have, we had to leverage the technology in a way that would really optimize that experience. Wow, that's great, guys. Thank you for that. And I think in these times, the virtual component is key. And you know, we're we're in this 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 reality today where this virtual component is going from necessary to wait a minute, this actually works better. <laughs> Meeting people where they are from a from a care delivery perspective, but also from a coaching and an organizational development perspective, we're all very busy and. And I think, you know, the, the silver lining of this COVID epidemic is that it's forcing us to use virtual more. You guys have obviously adopted it and it's going well. You guys are ahead of the game. But, you know, for, for, for those of you listening, you know, Elation does their work virtually. So if you're finding the morale or the mindset or the burnout level to be high, among your physicians, nurses, healthcare providers, uh, this is a good opportunity for you to check out uh, an organization that's doing some incredible work with some with some big names in the in the industry today. So totally de-risked at this point, and their their stuff works. So let's talk about that. And you guys don't have to mention names of organizations or people here, but you know, give us an example of some of the results you've been able to create for for some of the provider organizations you've helped. Well, I will chime in here if I may. Um, you know, we had one physician that I was chatting with uh, shortly after we ran through a cohort, and uh, her comment to me was when she started, she had a D-minus relationship with her uh, physician colleague who uh, co-ran the department with her, 
and she said at the end of uh, the 90-day engagement, her relationship was an A-. Minus, nice. And she admitted that she had been kind of struggling with uh, frustration and uh, depression, and, uh, and yet she was uh, also very aware that as she filled out the form for admitting privileges every year, there was a little checkbox that said, have you sought or used EAP services or counseling services in the last 12 months? And she said that had a very chilling effect on her because she just didn't know what happened if you basically use those kind of services. And she said it was wonderful for her because she said, with integrity, I could not do that because I had a coaching experience and that coaching experience was transformational for me. And I feel like I'm very much in control of my destiny. And I, she's gone on to do some wonderful things on a statewide basis. So it, it was a really heartwarming That's story. That's really great. And just taking it, so so going from a B minus and A minus, what what did that what did that translate to, Chris? Like you know, for her and maybe for the organization. Yeah, well, in her case, it was it was a D minus to oh, an A D. minus. Oh wow, and, even uh, worse. Okay, <laughs> that's huge. Yes, yes it was a. <laughs> I'm thinking one letter's big, right? I'm talking three letters here. Yes. <laughs> so yes. what? What was I mean, the it output? was a fundamentally dysfunctional relationship in a very critical department wow. within the, okay. the hospital. And yeah. her comment is that they've now had very constructive engagement and actually proactively designing things that they want to do to help improve the quality of services they provide. And it's, I mean, it's just hard to do that if you're personally feeling, you know, not at your best and you're going into work every day with a colleague you don't want to be with. I mean, you can just imagine the kind oh, of outcomes you get in worst. that scenario versus being, you know, engaged and oh happy. My gosh. Yeah. yeah. And I think we've all worked with somebody we don't like at some point or another yeah. and, or, or that we just don't get along with, right. We try to like, but we can't get along with and, and it's stressful and you don't want to yeah. be there. And then your work suffers. Yeah. yeah, it does. It does. And I mean, she obviously understood that she doesn't have control over her external circumstances, but what she does have control over is how she thinks about it. And that was sort of a transformational change for her and shifting her thinking about her relationship with her colleague and her relationship with her patient. So it was, uh, yeah. as I said, very heartwarming. Yeah, for sure. And we, you know, so as, you know, as healthcare leaders and specifically, you know, providers, right, physicians, uh, you, you sort of have this expectation of yourself and society expects that you have the answers. and. And that has psychological effects on you and you throw on responsibilities with EHR and then you throw in COVID. It's a, it's a, it's a recipe for, for stress, depression and, and disaster. Can you guys talk about what you're doing with COVID and, and some of the work you're doing around that to, to help out provider organizations? Yeah, I can visit a little bit about this. Chris made a reference earlier to the idea of using the virtual technology to connect folks, right? You have a big daunting problem like this. One of the biggest unknowns, one of the biggest threats is uncertainty. What do I do? How do I do it? So we've been able to be part of conversations with not only local providers, but federal sources to connect people, to be able to create collaborative conversations around what makes sense and how to uh, progress and building that sense of collegiality. And sometimes it's bridging folks and connecting people in a way that they can problem solve specifically to an area or an issue. So for instance, in one particular case, we had the opportunity to work with a, what would be considered a rural state in the United States. 
they're trying to respond in a constructive way, but at the same time, the, the some of the directives that they're having to respond to don't necessarily feel like they apply. So how do they come up with a quick strategy to make sense of it? And then within their state itself, they had a couple of urban communities that really were concerned in a different way than some of the rural areas were con connected. And so we were able to help design and, and, and co-facilitate those discussions in a way that take into, took into account the, the learnings that we have been able to achieve, but also to be able to build a, a, a sense of community that in kind of increases people's capacity to innovate and to problem solve. Right, because now mm -hmm. they're connecting with folks and they're learning from each other, and they're being able to look at what that the bigger picture of that of that mode. Um, Chris, I know you're going about to say something. I, I just, you know, any other thoughts on, on on those spaces? But we we have been trying to uh, our clients are in the middle of these things, and I don't yeah. know uh, to what extent we want to put them on the spot. But I know that their uh, ability to juggle multiple things and then maintain their focus on their people, right? Because they're trying to take mm -hmm. care of the outside world, prepare for their patient load. What's that going to look like? We have to shut down things. And as a result, our revenue streams have been uh, uh, really been, been just undercut. How do we do all those things and at the same time turn to our coworkers on a daily basis and say, hey, it's going to be okay? And um, that's, so. you know, actually, as Carlos, Carlos alluded to, I mean, having good information is even more critical now than ever before. And so we've used uh, this period in which a lot of our clients are refocused on good preparedness to really uh, help design an assessment tool unique to the healthcare industry. So Carlos has been working with a uh, psychometric specialist that uh, works with us on the design of a tool to look at uh, well-being for physicians, other medical providers, and administrators with a particular eye to the stress and anxiety that uh, returning to work in a, a uh, the new COVID environment could cause, uh, so that people uh, in leadership positions in healthcare can get a, a, a snapshot of how their organizational well-being is uh, at a given point in time, and we sort of fondly refer to it as a P&L of well-being, because mm -hmm. if you use this tool for your entire organization, you get kind of a snapshot of you know, what departments are stressed, which departments are doing better, uh, and also a little bit of a prescriptive recommendation around what you can do about that. And so uh, we're finishing that uh, tool up, working on the validation component of it, and uh, we'll have that ready in just That's a few exciting. weeks. That's exciting. And so, uh, you know, as you guys have built the business, I mean, you've done an incredible job, right? You've, you've put together a great team, You've got a, a suite of solutions, uh, a proven process that ties to, to and complements the, the existing efforts around safety and quality for, for these organizations. What's been a setback? You know, what, what has happened that you've learned from that's made you guys better today? Yeah, I think I, think I can acknowledge that it's yeoman's work, I sometimes say. There's rigor to shifting your organizational culture. There's, there's a, sure. it's a, it's a real problem. This is a deeply rooted challenge. This just doesn't happen overnight, right? We just didn't all of a sudden, oh, we should have turned that on. Oh, we should have never used that EMR. If you had just not used that EMR, we never would have created burnout. That's not what's happening here, right? What's happening is we already had an environment where stress and a lot of the challenges that people experienced that could lead to burnout were, were, were ripe. They were there. But if you created enough balance and you created enough of the, of the reward, 
piece, then oh, guess what? You can make a top situation rewarding and 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 really a, 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 a fruitful and blessed profession to be part of. That what has happened over time is that that shifted, and for a lot of different reasons. And that, without pointing fingers, the reality is it, it's a complex issue. It is a complex dynamic. It's a complex challenge that we have. And so to, to address that, it's, it's going to require some work. It's going to require some serious people, some people who are humble enough to be able to roll up their sleeves and say, hey, we acknowledge that we're contributing this in some way. And to me, that's the, that's the aha, right? It's the same mm-hmm. discovery I made you know, 15, 20 years ago when I was, when I was working in the whole area of continuous improvement and, and lean and you know, reducing waste and, and unnecessary variation. You know, it's, it's, at my, it's at my core, but I also know that it's, it's not for the faint of heart. And so that, it becomes sexy on the outside. I think people all want to talk about, yeah, we want to you know, build resilience. We want to do these things. Yes, yes, yes. But when you really sit down and you say, hey, are you, are you prepared to do the work, do the heavy lifting? That becomes the aha moment, right? Because the truth is, is that, um, you know, there are a lot of well-intended solutions out there that still require folks to own them internally. You know, uh, any good sure. executive coach knows that the worst thing that could ever happen is that you want it more than your coachee, right? Because now you're forcing people to try to do something that, that they have not yet seen. And so that, to me, is my personal aha, uh-huh, is the importance of having those conversations early on, acknowledging what you're trying to get into, and making sure you've built some partnerships with the, the, the hosts that are inviting you into their organization. Yeah, that's and awesome. I would just yeah, go I ahead, would Chris. add that the, the hallmark of a bunch of our work is that we have worked to take the uh, well-established neuroscience to curate a methodology to help people fundamentally shift mindsets. So how do you change thought habits? Uh, how do you change your view of yourself and your relationship to the rest of the world? Um, and I would say, you know, we have eight years uh, trying to apply the best research we can find uh, to build out this methodology. And that is one of those cases where you are very humbled by the realization that, you know, 70 or 80 percent of what you doesn't work the way you thought it should. Uh, and so it really has been a long and arduous process to sort of distill down the elements of how you help people change their thinking. Now, the, the upside, of course, is that because we do pre and post assessments, we are very diligent about looking at uh, the impact of our work, and we do follow-up interviews to make sure that the impact is a sustainable impact. So we've tried to turn the, the curse of the trial and error into a blessing, which is a well-curated and tight process that we can deliver effectively. Love it. No, this is great stuff, guys. And uh, and and every every successful business goes through those challenges, and then they figure out a way to to make differentiators out of that. And you guys certainly have. What, what are you guys most excited about today? Well, I, I think, you know, for me, it is the, the upcoming assessment tool, this idea that we can actually fundamentally present new information to uh, leaders and organizations where they can have this kind of snapshot of the well-being uh, by department. Uh, obviously, the data is de-identified, but, uh, you know, to actually look at your organization and say, you know, there's an unusual amount of stress in the cardiology department. Uh, maybe we should go look at what's going on in there to see if there's something that we can do in a constructive manner. I think that's the kind of data that, that we've always hoped we could get, but never really had access to. And uh, I think that this assessment tool we're working on 
uh, will actually provide that. And so we're very excited to partner with a handful of of uh, healthcare organizations that are interested and, in rolling that and out. And is there an invitation for others if they're listening and curious to join? There, there absolutely is, yes, because, um, you know, obviously we are staying true to uh, statistically significant data. And so the larger the sample size, the better. Uh, and so we are looking for organizations that would like to explore this idea of how to turn insights into organization-wide well-being into, you know, uh, impacts on the culture and operations of the organization that actually make it a healthier place to work. So, so yeah. if, uh, folks, if you're curious about that and wondering how this, uh, this can help you and your organization, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll provide a place for you to, to contact Chris and Carlos to learn more. Uh, so, so, uh, really, I guess, why don't we do that? I mean, you guys, what, where can they, where can they reach out to you guys to, to learn more about that, but also more about your company? Uh, the company's website is elation.com. And, uh, we obviously love the work that we do and are very interested in talking to, to people in healthcare that, uh, would like to explore the idea of these solutions, either the assessment tool or physician-informed organization resilience or this mindset-based coaching methodology that we've developed. Carlos also does a wonderful job with strategic planning uh, and workshops. And so we've got a a pretty broad cross-section of services we offer. And as I say, we are sort of a boutique company in that we craft solutions unique to each of our clients. And so we're very proud of that personal attention that we can I get. love it. And so, so folks, there you have it, elation.com to learn more. And uh, leave us with the closing thought, guys. What should we be thinking about? What should we be doing as a result of, of, of you know, the work that you guys are up to and, and what you've brought to our focus? Yeah, I would just offer that um, a lot of the solutions to this work um, lie within each of us, which is why we've all become more reflective. You know, we've been spending more time. We're seeing increases globally around people uh, exercising on their own, finding a place where they can go for a walk. I mean, there's some pretty powerful capacity uh, neurologically, neurophysically uh, that that impacts us. And so now I would just invite people to make sure that you're tapping into the resources around you looking for ways to be able to build collegiality and support that social connection while we're social isolating is, is, is important. And in the healthcare space to uh, don't, to not underestimate the, the challenge of trying to be the role models that every one of your healthcare organization wants to be in your communities. And at the same time, be the kind of employer that's able to create a kind of a a work-life balance and a healthy culture that can thrive and adapt through, you know, through a challenge like this, but through future challenges. Hmm. No, that's a great, that's a great call out. Chris, go ahead. You had another one. I would echo that point too, which is, you know, there's sort of a famous gap between administration and clinical providers and an awful lot of healthcare systems. Um, And as difficult as it sometimes feels, uh, the only real sustainable long-term solution is helping to bridge that gap and bring people together in the common cause of of uh, improved patient outcomes um, and operating a fiscally healthy healthcare system. And so, you know, it's, it's a daunting task, but it's one that we've got experience in helping people bridge and uh, the results uh, that we've gotten, I think, speak for themselves. So we, we love talking about No, them. this is great, guys. And 
And folks, uh, you know where to go, outcomesrocket.health. In the search bar, type in elation, and you'll find a full transcript of our discussion with Carlos and Chris, as well as show notes, links to all the resources we provided, and uh, also a, a white paper that they did that will include there a project to enhance physician resilience and mitigate the risk of burnout. That just kind of gives you a sneak peek at the at the quality and research data driven work that they do and why they get results. Uh, I, I was blown away by by their method and and so I wanted to post that for you guys to to learn more about how they do what they do there. But yeah, I just want to thank you guys so much for for the work that you're doing. Number one, but also for for taking the time to to share it with with the community here with us. So Chris and Carlos, uh, big thanks from all of us. Thank you very Thanks much, Paul. Appreciate it.